0: I don't think she's very big. Not 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 like you're. You're huge. Well, no, I wouldn't say yeah, that. You're national.
1: I'm still just starting out. You know, it's cool. It's been a it's been a fun process. I mean, you get to talk to interesting people.
0: So and drink beer and hang out. Yeah, not a
1: bad way to kill a Thursday. Have a With beer. Have an interesting conversation. Heineken? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so, for people that don't know, how did Humble Heroes start? So that's how I found you.
0: Um, started. Uh, so when you're an insurance guy or anybody in business, you'll get uh, advertising people show up. And so this guy, um, a friend of mine, uh, John, shows up and he goes, hey, how about uh, how about some radio spots? And, you know, you're trying to promote your business, you're brand new, you want to catch all these guys that have been you know, 40 years ahead of you. And I said, well, you know, I, I was in radio and I'm more of a TV guy and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, we do this thing in Texas called uh, Texas uh Texoma Hero. It's up in Texoma, Texas, close to Oklahoma. Odd. And so uh, at Billy Bob Chrysler Dodge, we honor vets there. And I go, oh, you mean like a Humboldt Hero? I go, that would be cool. My dad was a vet. He was a World War II pilot and um, amazing guy, Bob. And I said, yeah, could we do that here? He goes, I don't see why not. Why don't we... We started... And then it got traction and we just put it together and I got... uh, handed off to this other guy who created all the collateral, the 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 nomination forms, the website, the Facebook page. We just went to town, and uh, that's seven years ago. We've honored a vet once a month consistently since, and it's been amazing for seven years. Wow! Se- yeah, seven years, and um, it's pretty modest. You know, somebody said, "Why don't you go national?" I go, because yeah, that would wreck it. <laughs> it's it's designed to be modest and local and and hometowny and." You know, if we have 40, 50 people, it's a big crowd. And so um, it's been just uh, magical to say thanks to people that have served. Well, it's a great idea to shine a light on people that usually don't get the spotlight, right? Yeah, or haven't for years. A lot of people, you know, just hadn't been thanked for a while. And and every one of them is different. Uh, Some of these are really sobering and others are just total tears and others are total laughter and fun and you know, and every guy, gal, so we, we honor all five branches of the military, male, female, currently serving or not. And um, a lot of guys go, hey, I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't in combat. I didn't, you know, you know, take anybody out. I go, not the point of a hero. Well, I'm not a hero. Well, did you serve? Yeah. Did you give up four, 10, 20 years? Yes. Did you come back and contribute to your community? Yeah. I go, that's hero stuff. So it's... um some guys are pretty modest heroes, and a lot of them are different. I could tell a story or two before we're done, but um, yeah, all of them are heartwarming and amazing and and uh, fun to be part of. Do a lot of them kind of push back on that hero branding? So like, you know, I, the just, nomination, I just did what I did. Yeah, in the nomination part, they might, um, hey, I'm no hero, and I'm going, okay, well, let's keep talking. Tell me more. What'd you do? Well, I worked with K-9s in Korea, in a, an American base in South Korea. And I worked with dogs. Cool, Debbie. You're you're a hero. That that'll work. Well, I'm a current uh, Lieutenant JG. I'm the only woman uh, Coast Guard up at Humboldt Group Humboldt Bay in McKinleyville. I go, Rachel. You're amazing. That works. So it. it, And we try to try to keep it. You know, diversity is great. And yet, there's some guys and gals dying. So we caught a World War II gal, uh, Dorothy who was in a a movie with Bing Crosby called Here Come the Waves"? And some of you old timers will know what that might be anyway, or maybe you know who Bing Crosby is. Anyway, she was in a movie. She was enrolled as a female uh, Navy gal. And uh, we got to recognize her and it was touching and she died two months later. So all these World War II guys, I mean, they were dying 10, 15, 20 years ago. They're very rare now. So if you get a guy or a gal and they're in their 90s or even 100s now and so we want to make sure we grab those guys before they, they get their uh, ticket to heaven.
1: Yeah, and get to hear their story before it's lost, you know?
0: Yeah, and those are folks that bring out generations of people. Here's like five generations of Humboldt people, and you go, wow, that, that's heroic. You know, the, you raised a family, and you you settled in, in Eureka or Humboldt somewhere, and you got this amazing, cool family that came out and wanted to get Grandpa out there. In fact, we just had another guy. He died uh, a couple weeks ago. He He was an amazing um, drag racer out of Samoa. He's like known Motorhead guy and and in that day. So anyway,
1: is that a weird feeling where you got to almost enjoy that moment with them, and then it turns out, oh, it's kind of one of their last.
0: Yeah. Yes and no. It's kind of. I really like it because I, you know, it's nobody gets out of here alive, as the saying goes. Johnny, my father likes to say that. Then he died three years ago, but. Uh, so, to be able to honor somebody, yeah, I'll get some photos. So it is a little weird in my office that like we captured some photos of different heroes, and there's a couple of people that are no longer with us, so yeah we we grabbed that before you know, recorded Johnny Cash before he died, you know, caught caught the really good record.
1: <laughs> I've looked out. I don't think I've had any guests who have died yet. Knock on wood. Yeah, you will. Yeah, eventually. Happens. But that'll be a weird moment to be able to look back and say, oh, I talked to this person and now... Right. And now it's, they're... Now they're gone, but that moment is frozen in this in this
0: medium. It's a good one. Maybe I'll be here first.
1: <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> I, I hope not. I'm not
0: quite ready, Lord. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So after raising nine kids, I'm not sure some days, you know, it's like, oh, well, I go before the kids. I don't know. And I don't know that I get to choose that. So anyway...
1: Nine kids. How old is your oldest and how old is your youngest?
0: 18 to 38. So we have five guys and four gals and nine, soon to be 10 grandkids. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. It's pretty rad. We were in our fifties and we didn't have any grandkids at all. Late fifties, it's like grand cats and grand dogs. It's like, come on, you guys, let's get busy here. What's your deal? And we got friends in their late thirties and forties that have tons of grandkids. Going, let's, anyway kind of nudging them let's yeah us their job start I, making some moves I don't, I, yeah i don't have any control over that i don't barely have control over me so uh what else would you like to know about humbled heroes
1: well I, I really like the idea i like the idea that you guys are kind of taking a moment to recognize people who you know sometimes they don't get the recognition that they deserve sometimes you go into the military and then you're out and you're just thrust back into civilian life right. it's just if you saw combat, if you didn't see combat, you went through something and now you're just expected to move through that.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's the concern. You know, A lot of men and women come back changed, augmented and depressed, you know, or worse. And um, it's, it's a big concern. It, it was a really big concern after Vietnam because they came back to an uh, antagonistic America and they got, they caught a lot of crap and What what a terrible war and a terrible experience and a terrible return. It's like and so some of those guys now are we've recognized and really super grateful. You know, there's there's it's almost a healing sort of a thing. Maybe it's a full circle healing. I don't, for lack of a better term. Um, But you give me an idea there, so we can look for. You know, the the new Vietnam, the World War II vet that's gone is is becoming the Vietnam vet because some of those guys are pretty old. Were any of the Vietnam vets kind of hesitant to step into the limelight? A couple have said, no, no, thank you. And, um, as have others, uh, you know, I was no hero and, you know, I was around so many, so many guys that died. They're the heroes. I can't possibly. And, and other guys embrace that. They go, uh, you know what? I'm going to get up and recognize every hero I know. Humboldt County sheriffs, EPD, all my buddies from the 54th, you know, all that stuff. And it's, so that's, that's kind of cool when they're, you know, sh- uh, re- reflecting and deflecting the glory to folks that, you know, maybe help them become. That heroic. would be
1: that would be an incredibly challenging thing to go over there to build these relationships with people, go over there and then come back without some of them, and just yeah. have to progress. At least in everyday life, if somebody dies, and it's because of old age, you can say, well, you know, they lived a great right. life. They right. They made it as far as they were supposed to go, and now they're not here anymore. And they're hopefully in a better place. Right. But if you're over there with someone in their 20s or in their 30s and
0: you watch them... And your crew is gone. Yeah. Yeah, no. And these guys, um, especially World War II, saw a lot of that. Korea, I'm sure, and Vietnam too. But um, So my dad flew P-51s in Okinawa, so they were all trained in Atlanta. And this P-51 is a really badass airplane. It's like, aviators want to fly that today. It's like, driving a Ferrari race car, Indy or something. Anyway, so, um, and he watched guys die in training in Atlanta because it was such a new airplane. And he said they went over with 26 guys and like five guys came back. So yeah, these guys were really up close and intimate with death and loss and friends that, you know, heartbreak. And um, I, think, I think the only equivalence to me is probably my dad in his old age watched all his friends die and, you know, his (laughs) ex-wives, kids and grandkids. And, you know, he called himself the last of the Mohicans. So he saw it on the latter side of life. Uh, You start to outlive everybody and you go, oh, what's going on? They're dropping like flies, you know? And so, and Joni and I are seeing that in our sixties. Even now it's like, not everybody's dying, but it's kind of a trip to go, oh, wait, he died, you know, get home from work. Wait, no, say that's not true. So and so died? You're kidding. What happened? Car wreck on 299. Oh my God. So so the the recurring death theme is, is what we're talking about today.
1: Do you think your dad was more prepared for that than the average person because he saw it at an earlier time in life? Or what does it I would imagine it's still it's kind obviously of, still stings?
0: Yeah, kind of a story. Um so my dad was an alcoholic in World War after World War II so they, they didn't have drugs. They had Budweiser. I mean, you may have a Heineken, they had Bud and he drank till I was 13. So he was an alcoholic, full blown, functional, nice guy. Bob was, you know, sweet Bob and, uh, he got sober. So they, they divorced and we moved to San Diego and together again and got divorced again. And, and so he was on his own and one day he hit bottom and wound up at the, uh, correctional facility in downtown San Diego, which, you know, hitting bottom for an alcoholic. And he went to AA and got sober and he died sober 40 years later. And the incredible story about him is, yeah, I think his life prepared him for that. But also I came back with the Bible from Humboldt. I was the hippie from Humboldt uh, who found Jesus, found Joni Jesus, found sobriety, found a degree at Humboldt, barely in recreation. I was a B student, man. Come on. And I brought him back this this amazing Ryrie study Bible, and he he was he just gone to AA. He wasn't even religious. He goes, "Well, you know, I only read the King James." I go, "You're just full, so full of crap." I said, "Keep the Bible; it's a gift from me." And a couple of years later, he got cancer, and he got plugged into a church. He got baptized, and the guy was pretty radically changed in terms of his his life perspective, his death perspective, his eternity, and and we um, just became amazingly good friends. And he'd come up to Humboldt and visit, and his priority order was worship at church, golf, ice cream for the kids, and more golf, and smoking cigarettes out in the back porch where we would make him go. (laughs) Can't smoke in the house, Dad. Come on. So did he have a perspective on death? Yeah. I think it was really cool. He died pretty comfortable back in Missouri with my my brother and and sister-in-law. And so Kind of a cool story. So yeah, I think he was pretty prepared as, as that goes. Um, saw it coming. You know, could write about it and and talk about it and pray about it. And he was very forthright. He would come to our home in McKinleyville, Nick, and he would talk about um, the stories of World War II, which were rad. He saw Hirosh- the Hiroshima uh, cloud, the nuclear cloud, in the morning. Oh, I was there to see it? Yeah, he was on a mission. Oh wow! And it was top secret. So they go, what the hell is that? Do you hear me, Bob? What is that? We don't know. And so they that was a surprise. He did the Batan Death March where they, they freed all the prisoners. They were Marines. And with a P-51, apparently you can get pretty low to the ground on the deck. <clears throat> and so he saw one Marine carrying another, and the guy on the back was able to wave at Dad in the plane, and they freed those guys. And uh, Just crazy stories. A big bullet shell right up right by his butt in the parachute. So, he almost caught one in the backside, which would have been me not here with you, Nick, talking today. <laughs> so, you know, skidding a P 51, a priceless airplane, skidding the bottom of that into a, a landing and just, yeah, tell that one again, Dad. That's a cool story. And he'd forget and he'd tell it again. Oh, that's amazing. Tell us that one again. That's an amazing story. And, and so, kind of having living history at your table, kind of neat. Did you talk about it a lot before <laughs> becoming sober? But that was something he engaged in
1: um, afterwards?
0: I don't think I was old enough to warrant that discussion. And he was probably uh, not present enough to do that. So I think that came over time. I, I'm not sure he was actually overly bashful about that. He always loved the military. And so he ended up selling insurance on Camp Pendleton because he loved Marines and Marine Corps and all all of it, man. He dug it. He's a total patriot and a good, the best sense of the word. And, and um... Felt like he wanted to support those guys and, and I yeah, I think so he had freely share it. and a lot of guys gals can't. They just it's too painful. And you know, I totally respect that and get that and don't want to push that. But um I think it was therapeutical. Get it out there, man.
1: Well, I think it's gotta be better than holding it in, right? I yeah, mean, if you think of it like this burden that you're carrying to lighten the load and let somebody else carry some of it for you, I would imagine would help. Yeah. But then again, if you see, I mean, seeing the
0: bomb, seeing the mushroom cloud from the bomb would be pretty- From the air. Would be pretty heavy. On the horizon, you go, what? Um, And he killed people. And he was, he freely talked about that. It wasn't braggadocio, but he goes, I I was really good at what I did. And their whole, their sorties were disruptive, meaning they would come in with a fleet of P-51s and kind of like Private Ryan at the end where they blew the tanks up, the tank busters, they would blow up convoys of Japanese, um, soldiers and equipment. And, um, and he, he, he blew them up and that he did his job and he was, he was damn good at it. And, and I'm, and I'm glad I, I love Japanese. I love all people, but we, you know, we, we, we won that war. We had to win it and he was in it to win it. And he did, and he did his job well. And, you know, they were it wasn't like in a video game where you just squeeze the trigger and use all your bullets. He, he explained that you, you meet them out very carefully. So for all you munitions and gun guys out there, just don't squeeze all your ammo out at once. <laughs> well, and what's unique about that war
1: is those guys came home heroes. like Heroes in the sense that they were embraced because that war stood for something in a really tangible way. Oh, Whereas yeah. if you take Vietnam... Hard, people, yeah, people did not support that war.
0: Yeah, it, it's so hard to look back and go, "What were we all thinking?" And, um, uh, you know, could we? What it could have, should have? I, you know, history, who drove that and why? And hindsight twenty twenty. Yeah, and now they're our best friends. You know, I would I would visit Vietnam gladly. That'd be cool. We'll take Japan. Take Japan. Take Germany. Yeah, <laughs> our trading partners. <laughs> Our best friends. Best thing could do, do kids, is lose a war to America. We'll, we'll take care of you.
1: So. Yeah, it's crazy how, it, it's just crazy how it all pans out, you know, and the fact that you had these kids going
0: through this thing,
1: and it was a world away, and you right. could, you were here, and you were just kind of separate from it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, kids that go to war that at twenty, at 20 or nineteen. Yeah, we were. Uh, where were we? Oh, we were in Alameda. Um, just over the weekend, my son lives down there, and I don't know where we were. I think we were in a museum and looking at photos. It's and, and gosh, some of these guys are babies, just like little guys, young guys going and gals, mostly guys going overseas. It's like, oh, can you, we have an Aaron's twenty-one or twenty-one year old? He was, can you imagine him going overseas right now? That'd be rad and go lay down his life. I'm going, oh my gosh. So yeah. And yeah so private Ryan holds a lot of meeting. Was your dad still around when you started doing Humble Heroes? Uh, no he died in 04 and I started in 13 14 we started Humble Heroes in 15 so was he around? He was he was alive on the earth did he know about it? Hmm now it's mystical. I I hope so. If not he'll get the video. He's he gets He'll face he's got Facebook yeah, in heaven. Yeah. Hey, just check out the Facebook page, Dad. He's a good
1: reader. <laughs> Such it, it would have been crazy to go through something like that. I mean, babies, you had these just kids fighting this this war for the world in yeah. some
0: sense. Yeah, you're all in. That's the difference. It's like, oh, this. You know, it's interesting because the Civil War is interesting, too, because Civil War was, they explained it was like you and I being young men and going for the NBA or the NFL. There was no or rock and roll or skateboard champion or, or rock band. There was no there was no equivalent equivalence. The only heroic thing you could do is go to war and die for your side. So whether you're a Confederate country boy or a Yankee from New York, this is the deal. This was your arena where you're going to show your quality. And, you know, of course, that was a whole other different, talking about kids going to war, you know, against each other. You know, now it's, um, there's a real theme to this podcast. It's like, I know, we're just going to like, war now. We're like on war and death today, folks.
1: Well, it's <laughs> form-fitting for humbled
0: Heroes. I mean, what you guys are doing is is right up that alley. Yeah, yeah. It's um, So we're doing one tomorrow. Do you want to know about that? Yeah, I do. Uh, so Bear River Casino's a, a, a partner, as is Dutch Brothers and Porter Street Barbecue, and we have some Kiss Radio and some other folks are all major. Pierre Carboneau is the tile guy, but he's kind of my right my wingman. He's he's a vet; he knows all the local vets and the groups. And so we actually decided to take one of these on the road. And so he's the hero's a native guy, and he's um, uh, we're going to recognize him tomorrow at 4 p.m. Friday, the twenty. 8th at uh, Bear River. So really, you know, in their ballroom, should be pretty low key. Although Facebook's kind of blown up on it. It's kind of nice. So I think we're going to be a few people but the whole thing lasts 15 minutes, Nick, it's low key. It's, it's, it's honoring the, the hero can give a little speech and, you know, say thanks. And, uh, we've been really fortunate to have TV coverage and I'm standard covers it. And probably, probably in today, I'll, I'll look at the paper when we're done, but, um, so it's really neat to have kind of this, uh, you know. It takes a, you know one plus one equals eleven. It takes other people to make it, make it happen. And I'm really grateful for that because there's, you know, this this thing, it's it's not so big, but it costs money. It costs money to promote it on the radio. It costs money to, <coughs> to do it to buy. We have these nice American-made mahogany award boxes that we put a real authentic American flag in, and a certificate. And so we don't screw around. It's it's pretty nice. It's something you could put on your on your mantelpiece and, you know, show it with pride and um, and then the local merchants jump in there with some some swag and Dutch Bros coffee in a mug and so it's um, and that's all really appreciated stuff. So it's really cool. Do
1: you guys have any criteria for
0: who you give the award to or are you just thought, kinda thought you'd never ask. <laughs> so you think, hey, you got hundreds of guys and gals, and it's that's not true. So, we're always looking for nominations, and I'll tell you how you can do that in a minute. So, if your listeners know of a local veteran hero, um, and we, we've been asked, hey, could you do policemen that are not vets? And could you do yada, yada? He was a, you know, whatever, uh firefighter. You know, no, I'm really sorry. We'd, we'd like to inter- you know introduce everybody as heroes, but we've really restricted that by definition. But, Uh, We have a nomination form in the office. Uh, People can call me directly. They can message me on on Facebook, Humboldt Heroes. Um, There's a website. But yeah, I would just call Scott Hammond State Farm here locally and Google us, 444-2504. Like a good neighbor, we'll be right there. Um, So they can call us and and just, we can take it over the phone. And so so that's the beginning of the vetting, get the nomination. And then there's a little panel of us that we look at them and we kind of consider them and some of it's availability. If you know, a lot of guys, gals are not in town um, at different times. One guy was 103, and he couldn't leave Fortuna. Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, so there's a little process to it, and we try to make it fair. I don't know what f- fair is a tough word to define for you, but we try to make it kind of equitable. We've done done a lot of women. We've done a fair amount of local native population, um, uh, people of color. Um, One of my favorite guys, I told you I'd tell you my favorite, one of my favorite heroes still is. Would you like to hear about Carl? Yeah. So Carl Adams, take a drink of water. Hey, Carl out there, wherever you are, he's in Africa right now. So he's a two-star general. He's my age, he's 61 or two. He's a thoracic surgeon at St. Joe's and he's a medic and he's a ranger and you would be a real badass if you had five or six or so deployments. Twenty-seven, and he's just—he's the guy that'll that'll fix you in a Huey helicopter and sew you up if you're bleeding to death, or in a bunker hospital, whatever they call the bunker um, ER. And um, 10, 10 feet under is his operating room, you know. So, uh, and he's—he just what's cool about Carl is he's still a whole bunch of fun he's nice to have a glass of wine with. He's just, the stories are endless. And and he's maintained not a joking attitude, but he's maintained humor in the midst of heroism and tragedy. And uh, of course he married the 30-year-old stewardess from Brazil and they're living in Colorado on a ranch. So... Shout out to Carl. Yeah. Way to go, Carl. Have some kids, bro. <laughs> um, and so and he, he's around on occasion, yet he's He's also tethered to a pager because he's on call. He he comes to Eureka, but he has to be within eight minutes of St. Joe's in case there's you know somebody's heart blows up. But uh, just a terrific guy and a whole bunch of fun, and one one of those guys that you'd like to you know just hang out with, and really cool guy. Do you think that the military is almost a metric for
1: people excelling to some degree? <clears throat> Do you think it's it's something that it instills, or a certain type of person that gravitates towards that?
0: Yeah, I, I think um I I've interviewed a lot of people over the years in business and I, I you know, I, I look twice at a degree and I look twice at a military service. It it's it's a part of a package and you know it's it doesn't mean you're bona fide, it just means that you, you took the training and you did you did what you said you would do. You spent four years or whatever, or ten, um, and you served and you know, when you think about it, so if you and I right now I had to end this podcast and hey, Scott and Nick, uh, get on the bus. We're leaving for Fort Sam Houston for four years and you're leaving everything. No more, no more of this. And you just, and you split. And and plus we're going to put you through basic training. We're going to kick your ass. We're going to ha- give you a haircut. We're going to, we'll give you a uniform, you got free clothes and, and just check out for four years. It, when I look at it that way, I go, that's so rad. It's it's such a giving act of um, insanity on a giving level. I couldn't imagine because I'm so rooted with kids and business and, and, and wealth. And I own a home in McKinleyville and special needs kid Gabriel. What would he do? And all those considerations. And these folks uh, amazingly uh, chucked it for a little while or suspended it. And so uh, no matter what they did, I think that's pretty freaking heroic. And I'm going to do it because I love my country. I love freedom. I love what we stand for. We have this thing called a constitution. There's We have this system called capitalism. We have this thing called you know a republic that's amazing. And there's no better system that's ever been invented. Tell me where that is on the earth because I might want to go visit at least, and I don't know where that is. And you know, Denmark has really good medical, and Netherlands, my son tells me, it's going to be really cheap. I'm going, yeah, but it's it's terrible. <laughs> they also have legal prostitution in, in storefronts, so what up with that, dog? Anyway, so there's, uh, I, I think I understand a little bit about the sacrifice and the wise, and, you know, I, I didn't serve. I understand it, and I want to honor that. That's why we're talking. Do you have any trouble
1: quarreling in your own mind the aspect of taking a life because you do seem like you're a religious man
0: has that ever been a point of contention in your life um i've never had the opportunity to do that i, I th- thought about it last night with my 18 year old i wanted to kill him in the oh, not not necessarily you <laughs> killing somebody
1: but where my. you are around these
0: people that have taken a yeah. life your dad um no i i don't think so i i'm i'm good um I liked my joke, though. I was going to kill Micah last night because he's just being an ass at 18 and in the kitchen. Just That's how it goes. Oh, 10 18. o'clock. It's just like, let's fight with dad. Okay. No, you don't want to fight with dad at 10 o'clock at night after a hard day's work. It's the wrong answer. And and us dads are stupid enough to get snookered into those pitfalls. And I, it was not a win, but we figured it out and I apologize. So we're okay. But the bottom line is... Um, so reframe the question for me. Am I uneasy with knowing that I'm around guys that kill people?
1: No, well, how do you how do you deal with that? Cuz obviously in the in the Bible it says you shouldn't take a life. Okay. And So, so I've, to, I've just talked to a number of different people, some from a spiritual so Yeah, of yeah, place. from a
0: religious standpoint. That's fair. Um well, it, it, the Bible actually says thou shalt not murder. And um, and taking somebody's life is probably almost never okay. And so I don't want to equivocate on it. I think in wartime, um, I think, uh, I've heard this taught recently, it was on a podcast that, Hey, wartime and nations against nations. Um, it's, it's really not about murdering. It's about winning. And so do people die? Yeah. Is that, is that God's perfect plan? No. Is it, um, is it uh, okay for a man of conscience or a man of God who who loves God and who has a good heart to go and, and fight for his country and kill folks? Or and who's who's the more guilty—the guy that pulls the, the lever for the bomb, or the pilot, or the guy that made the bomb? I, I'm not sure. The bank robber or the getaway car. I, you know, or or you and I paying taxes today to a military establishment called the U.S. government. So, you know. The, the the chain of of command and of culpability is pretty long so no I I, th- I think I understand war and I think I understand the fact that if we were <clears throat> it was a legit threat by China or something I, I you know we defended our coast here against the Japanese that's why Requa radar system is there that's why Centerville Beach existed Um Samoa had some stuff that was, we were watching for submarines and they, they actually chucked a few bombs in the forest up by Brookings and started a little forest fire. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't want, I don't want a bunch of people on Central Avenue in McKinleyville that are not from my country. <laughs> you know, so it's hard to conceive of, right? So it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So here's here's a German occupation of Arcata. It's like, what? what? <laughs> the Chinese have landed in, McKinleyville, we're in trouble. So it, uh, I'm being a little silly and getting off topic, but yeah, I don't know that I, I also honor conscience. So uh, when Toby Maguire played that guy in that uh, Korean War, he was a medic, but he was, a, I can't think of the movie. I was trying to remember it with Joni. He's a hero, but he was an, a conscientious objector. And so I totally, totally get that. And,
1: um, are you talking about Hacksaw
0: Ridge? Hacksaw Ridge, yeah. Thank with, you.
1: Um, not Tobey Maguire. It the it's the other guy. Yeah, it's the. You other He played Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, the
0: other Spider. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Wait, the other Batman. Wait, there's been ten guys that played Batman. Not Tobey. It Maguire. was the other Spider Man. In my tongue. Yeah, I yeah. know what you're talking about. That was a yeah. great movie. And so, are there folks that that uh, can't consciously,
1: Andrew Garfield. Sorry for interrupting.
0: Garfield. That's Thank name. you. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Okay. Um, am I good with that? Yeah, I think I think there's there's freedom of religion and expression. And if I can't, if I'm called on to serve and I can't hold a rifle and hey, go train some dogs in Korea, well, or be a medic, be, be Andrew Garfield. And he was actually a killer hero. He saved a lot of guys. Um, Did that answer your question? Yeah, I think so.
1: It's yeah. just, it's a nuanced discussion, you know. It is. Because you can't, yeah. no, I
0: mean, if, if war is knocking on your door, what do you do? What do you do? And, and does it, Routinely with us, no. Um, we're big enough and, you know, deep enough. And
1: isolated enough. Nobody talks about our geographic location. Yeah,
0: we are, yeah. yeah. We're, I don't know. Well, Humboldt, you know, I don't know what Humboldt's going to do in a nuclear holocaust. They, they tell us we're in a good position, but I don't know what all that means. Um, but I do know there are bad guys and bad actors out there that, that's why they're special forces. You know, Netherlands does not have a an arm, standing army. They have special forces, Germany has an army but they have a lot of countries just have a special force division because they knock out human trafficking they knock out drug imports they knock out um, you know like our green beret or seals they they take out real bad guys and I think uh, there are bad guys out there real bad real bad institutions even and um but I think it's different it's it's not like it's and maybe I'll be proven hopefully a, hopefully we'll never have bad guys like we had as a coalition in World War II that were going, hey, I think we like to have Europe. You know, so um, we'll see. And I was speculating, so hope I answered that.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. World War Three might pop up the way this yeah. Russia Ukraine thing
0: is going. But... Welcome to the death podcast of World War Three and war and death. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's hope not. Um, so, Yeah. I, 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 in a standing army, I, you know, uh, peace through strength. I, I think there's there's something about that because, you know, sadly, there are those bullies in, in life and in the world who would take advantage of somebody that wasn't strong. There's something to the big stick mentality that people don't it's want true. to acknowledge. I oh, would well, none of us want to talk about it. Hey, war, you know, it's, and it's easy. The armchair quarterbacks that enjoy all the freedoms that dig smoking weed and staying at home and watching an NBA playoffs and eating Porter Street, and just be living crazy to Vita, that, you know, what have you done to earn your freedom, bro? And the answer is, well, I, uh, no, because you've done nothing. And the bottom line is, and you expect it, and you're a narcissist, and you're a taker. And wow, Scott, really go heavy now. Uh, so so th- there's that aspect where I don't think any of that freedom that is won is appreci- appreciated by some. And, and we don't know because we've never known any different. You, know, you and I have had plenty of food our whole lives. We've had food on the table, I think. I have. I don't know about you. Um, and I was pretty poor in San Diego with my mom raising me, but we've known nothing but opulence. We live better than 95% of the rest of the world. Our our median income is 35000 You know how, how much that is? It's like 98% better than the rest of the world. And it's like and, – and we get – Sadly, fat and sassy, and I'm I'm not here to kind of start going off on us because that's not fair, right, or the purpose. The purpose is, um, let's say thanks to the guys that helped and the gals that won, that had their part in winning and maintaining freedom in all of its glory, meaning some of its opulence. Some of it's a hot tub tonight going, yeah, this is awesome. Heineken in a hot tub. I'm feeling good. Thank you thanks for this freedom, God, and, and and veterans and forefathers that figured out how to write a system that kind of works pretty good. That's self-checking, hopefully, and hopefully it's going to be checking itself real soon again, because it does. And that's what it does. And so, um, anyway, uh, anything else in Humboldt Heroes you want to know?
1: Well, actually, I was a little curious. I came across the idea that you run a blog.
0: Is I do. Did you read my blog? Yeah, I checked out a couple of posts. Oh wow! I wrote a really good one today. So I'm on a hundred day. Um, I started the blog. I wrote a book called The Everyday Dad twelve years ago, and it all came from a blog called Become a Better Father, which my son lost the blog. Didn't we? Didn't pay for the? the, oh, domain. the hosting. Oh the hosting. shit! We lost an entire amazing catalog of stuff. Thanks, Jacob. And so, um, I beginning of COVID, I, I put together a, a WordPress blog called Great Neighbor Scott, and uh, just. Some, rant, some rants and rants, not even rants, just my kind of life story. But the last uh, 50 days, today's day 51, I'm in a 100-day writing uh, challenge with a coach in Houston. And she's just challenged me to keep going and find a thread. And and uh, I think today's is really good. I wrote about my 18-year-old interlude last night with Micah, fighting with my son, my, my, my man-boy son in the kitchen about just something stupid. But anyway, the bottom line is... Um, uh, yes, I do. And yes, it's going to become a book. And I'm writing something for um, for folks um, about, it's, it's kind of about life and about, um, I'm calling it, I think I'm going to, my working title is The Grandfather and what it what it means, kind of the journey of a man to go through life with kids, grandkids and working and retirement now and staring at retirement options. And what do you do? And there's not enough money. And what about, you know, you need two things to retire, Nick. Remember, health and wealth. It looks like you might have a bit of both. So um, if you don't have those, you're not going to have a good retirement. It's going to suck. You need need both, not even one. (laughs) And if you have none, well, that's not a retirement at all because you're probably in a different track. So So it's been fun. So I'm starting to kind of find my writing voice a little bit. And um, uh, I'm finding, after watching The Whale with Brendan Fraser, he's a See the movie? It's a powerful movie. Yeah, he's teaching JC guys how to write uh, write well online, and he goes, so "Start writing your passion. Start writing with a voice that is is passionate or pissed off or whatever that is. But write something that you feel. You feel. And I think I got a couple feels about some stuff, and I think I'm gonna, you know, and I don't have to use the f bomb to feel it, but there's some emphasis words that probably that are coming out a little bit <laughs> that. Um, you know, may or may not add meaning. They, they are for me. Maybe it's all therapeutic. I don't know. But um, I'm starting to formulate the pieces of a book, and we'll see. I'll let you know.
1: And did all of that start out of this desire to just figure out what it means to be a good father <laughs>
0: for you? Yeah. I think, I think the writing voice came out of um, a lot of experience around uh, God stuff, marriage stuff, communication stuff. A lot of good fathering and parenting is just from good business management. I mean, it's not strictly management, it's relationship management and connection and empathy and having a connection with your kid or your spouse that transcends the problems that are going to come against that in you and and her and them. And so um, to write toward that and to go, okay, um, it's it's hard because you work 80 hours a week and you got to come home to be Mr. Mom and connect with your wife, and be an amazing soccer, golfer, whatever, softball player. And there's not enough bandwidth to be all that. So you got to start choosing. So you pare it down. And so part of what my theme is, and I think it's biblical and, and solid and ethical, it's, it's, life is about relationships. And you can't take, it's not about money. It's not about uh, your pleasure and your self-serving ways and how you pleasure yourself with your, your Xbox or whatever, whatever your drug is. It's about what did you do to connect with people? How how did you make it amazing for, um, for those around you? How did you add to the team or did you? And so my book is, was, and will be about, uh, being intentional about that and finding that low hanging fruit and looking for ways to, um, you know, I take my kids to bagels on Sundays sometimes, just to date my kids and hang out. Hey, how are you? Actually, we we go to grocery outlet in McKinleyville on Saturday. Hey, we're gonna go to gross out this week. Yeah, let's go, man. Let's go get some of those nasty chips. And so, it's just time together. So that's that's where that's coming from. So, thanks for noticing. I had a blog.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> cultivating meaningful relationships, I think, is the key to to really success in life. Yeah. And just being happy. Is you,
0: you you need to connect with people at yeah. a deeper level. Amen to that. Yeah, and and you can get better at it. It's it's one of those. That's a skill. Yeah. Uh, my My son's friend called me a rapport contractor. You know, and I I, I prefer rapport architect. <laughs> so yeah, friends are just folks we haven't met yet, and uh, and I I like the counseling I got. So I just got some counseling the last couple of years. COVID and life caved in on me briefly, and and. Tamala goes, just get curious, be curious with people. Hey, what's going on, Joni? Are you okay? I'm curious. I don't have to be vested. I'm just curious. Are you okay? What can I do for you? Or be curious about yourself. Wow. What, what did, where did that anger come from? Hmm. I got some work to do on that. And so to be in discovery and making connection, not control. That's the other thing. We all want to control everybody. And it's like, stop it. I, I can't even control me very well. I'm not going to control you or my wife. So it's getting out of that, that that results business and into a little bit more surrender and going, Hey, you know, um, I'm going to keep my head and I'm not going to give you control over my emotions. And I'm going to, I'll do the right thing at the end of the day and take the high road. Unless you're me in the kitchen last night, blowing up at my son, losing my mind. And we all do that. And we all slip up. We do. And you repent, you get it right. And you make, I apologize. I I think we're going to be okay. So anyway, well Scott, yeah, we can get you yeah. out of here. This
1: was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you
0: coming hey, on to talk about Humble Heroes. The honor's all mine, Nick, and I'd like to come back when I have my book done. Yeah.
1: Do you want to plug where people can find you, where they can find your stuff?
0: Yeah. Your blog um, Humble Heroes. Yeah. Humbled Heroes uh is uh I believe on a website. It, it was. I'm not sure it's still there, but Humbled Heroes you can find it all day long on Facebook. It's great. It's huge lots of video. Um Humble Heroes uh you can call me 444-2504 Scott Hammond. State Farm, downtown Eureka, 7th and G is in Good Neighbor. Uh, Because like a good neighbor, I'll be right there. And uh, we do it every last Friday of the month, unless it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, and then we usually move it. But you can find us once a month doing that outdoors. And I've said this, and and I regretted saying, it's never rained in seven years. Well, December, it rained like crazy. We had to take it indoors. It was crowded and crazy, but we figured it out. Okay, well, thanks, Scott. I appreciate you doing this, thanks, man. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me. Have a great day.